2: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
1: I won't let my body outweigh outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong. I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful, and I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air, Show some love to the while by are there. Let's take it one day at a time. Did you and die outwe.
3: Welcome back to Outway, our Outway fam. We've got special guest here, Brooke Taylor. Hi, Brooke, Welcome to Outway. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so why don't you give our listeners who may or may not be familiar with you a little background on who you are, where you live, and um, the big life update that happened just a few months ago. So I live in Nashville, um, which is
4: pretty new to me and my husband, Andrew. We uh, moved here December of 2020. So it's been uh, about a year since we've gotten here, but uh, I've been doing the whole radio you know, journey, trying to get to where I wanna be. And Nashville has been my kind of like dream job. So we are here in Nashville. And I work in radio. I work for iHeart Country, and I work alongside of Amy. So I get to see her in the hallways pretty much every day, which is great. She's one of the kindest humans, so it's really awesome to see her and uh, you know cross paths with her every day. But yeah, we had a baby five months ago. My husband Andrew and I. This is our first. She's a little girl. Her name is Emma Grace, and um, it's been the uh, best, most difficult journey i think we've ever embarked on but it is uh very rewarding and exciting but yeah it's definitely been one of those where you're like roller coaster up and down all the time but it's it's definitely so much fun
3: i like how you said we (laughs) because your husband is definitely on the journey with you but i think at least from my experience us mothers are you know really like sitting on the bumpiest part of the ship if this is a a ship.
4: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like dads definitely go through the journey with us. But there's just something especially if you're a breastfeeding mother, uh, where you're constantly needed, like 24 seven, and there's no way to get around that. So it's like you're constantly always either attached to another human, or if you have to pump to give a bottle to somebody else to give her the, the, the food, it's, it's a lot. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I was not prepared for this this at all. But you've been um, really open about your postpartum body image journey. You've shared really powerful images and words on your social media. And yeah, we just wanted to kind of have you on to get into some of that conversation. So first of all, congrats, you're five months postpartum. I'm right behind you at three months. So I'm going to be like looking at everything you post now (laughs) to see what's around the bend because (laughs) never know what's going to come. And, and before we jump into like you as a mom and all of that, would you mind sharing what your relationship to your body was like before you were pregnant? Yeah, for sure. So I have grown up an athlete my
4: entire life. I played sports. I played volleyball in college on scholarship. So my relationship with my body was always just like strength. I was always so strong and everything I did, I loved working out. I loved lifting weights. I loved doing cardio. I just loved being active. Um, and then, uh, you know, you get pregnant and things definitely change. So my pregnancy journey really kind of altered that a lot because my pregnancy, I gained close to 60 pounds, which 60 obviously is a, a large number, but especially for someone who has been, you know, 180 pounds, pretty much her whole life to being in the two hundreds and making that change. It really took a toll on my mental health more than I thought it would. But before pregnancy, I was just, you know, I was an athlete. I was in the gym all the time. I was always being active in some way, shape or form. But then when I got pregnant, my body really just kind of, I, I wouldn't say shut down. I feel like that's how I felt like it did, but it was just, I mean, we're superheroes, women, you know, growing a human inside of you and thinking of it that way my body just kind of went a different route than I thought it would because I have two sisters and my sister, Kristen, when she got pregnant, she was just, you know, active and always going on walks and things like that. And for some reason, I just, I had no energy. I was really like bloated all the time. I was retaining a lot of water weight. So comparing myself to other women's journeys is something that I started to do, but then starting to realize that every pregnancy is unique to itself. It's 100% different than everybody else's. And just really coming to, you know, terms and just really being confident in who I am after having babies. So postpartum has definitely been a journey, but we're getting there. <laughs>
3: You know, it's funny. I think that a lot of times when we talk about like having body image stuff, we talk about when we were younger and how it used to be. And I don't think there's a lot of conversation around what happens in your 20s or 30s or 40s if you're going through childbirth for the first time. Yeah. Uh, It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, the first time you started to view your body from a different lens was during and after pregnancy. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, is that correct? Okay, because we we talk to a lot of athletes too who despite like loving their sport, develop a disordered relationship to exercise. That wasn't your story.
4: No. And I mean, I feel like maybe after college, I sort of had this like disorder with exercise where it came to like, I, you know, I was up at 5am doing workouts during college all the time. And then after college, I was like, all right, maybe I don't want to get up and go to the gym at 5am. Maybe I want to go like once every couple days or things like that. So it was getting over that hump of not being in the gym, like every single day and making that, you know, a priority. It was, you know, other things in my life. But I think the whole being active and things like that, I was I was very comfortable with that and being in the gym and being healthy. But then when I got pregnant, I just like I was nauseous. I didn't want to do anything but sleep. You know, it's just like it totally took a a different turn. So it was hard. Yeah,
3: definitely. It really like stuck with me when you said I was comparing My journey to other women's journeys, like especially having, I don't have sisters, but I mean, for you to have sisters sounds like you're close in age to see them go through it and have a completely different experience. What sort of emotions did that stir for you?
4: I mean, it was difficult because, you know, I'm 33. So having my first kid in my 30s, as opposed to my other sisters who are in their 20s, your body just goes through stuff way differently. You know, Uh, I and I had to really talk myself through that because at first I was like, well, Kristen, my youngest sister, I'm like, she had her baby and she was active and she was working out and she was doing everything that she did before. And then, you know, she quote unquote snapped back right after her first baby. And then she, you know, had a second child and same thing, you know, she quote unquote snapped back into, you know, what, what she was before. And I was trying to, you know, work through it myself wondering, you know, why, why is it different for other people? What, what's different? for my body and like, why is it different for them? And, and why can't I do that? But realizing that, you know, I'm almost 10 years older than my sister and, and realizing that my body is just doing things differently because of maybe, you know, my age or just that's just because of what my body wanted to do. It's, it's been an emotional roller coaster for sure. And then so many of my friends here in Nashville having babies as well. Some are dealing with the same thing I am and some are, you know, back to where they were before they had their baby as well. So it's, it's definitely one of those things where you have to be very conscious about what you feed into your, you know, mind when it comes to pictures on social media and things like that, because people really don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Like if somebody posts a photo of themselves postpartum, you might not realize that yes, they have the body that they had before they were pregnant, but they're going through a lot of other things, postpartum depression or, you know, other things like that. And there's just so much you have to really be conscious about when it comes to your body image and, and what goes on with your body postpartum, because there's just,
3: there's so much, you know, unveiled. Oh my gosh. There's so much to unveil. Were you prepared for what was to come after having the baby? No.
4: Not not at all. You know, you go into birth as this is what I want it to be like. And this is what the movies make it seem like, you know, it's one of the craziest, most amazing things that ever happens. But I ended up having to have an emergency C-section and Emma was in the NICU for a couple of days um, because of breathing issues. So it's like, you know, I didn't get to hold my baby until three days after, you know, she was born. So it's just dealing with that emotional roller coaster along with an incision and a new scar and, and stuff like that. It's like, crazy because you, I'm a very big believer in my faith and I'm like, you know, God gave me this story and this path because it's going to help somebody else in the future. So, you know, my testimony and and what we go through, like I was equipped to handle this because somebody else wasn't equipped to handle what I'm going through. So having a hard birth and then having a hard postpartum journey to me is almost kind of like an inspirational thing because I know it's going to help somebody like being on this podcast, like just randomly being connected through other people and, and somebody hearing my story and being able to help them along the way, I think, is such a great way to look at you know certain struggles that you go throughout in your life.
5: So I love traveling and coming home to my bed because it's comfy and familiar. I love crawling into it. Well, what if you could take your bed on the road with you so that way you got good night's sleep while you're on a trip? And it's not your entire bed, but at least your bedding, which is the best part let me introduce you to Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding. Now, Cozy Earth is travel-friendly and hassle-free, and the bedding comes in these adorable totes, which makes it really easy for you to take it on trips with you. They also have really amazing loungewear. So if you're on a long flight, you can stay cool and comfy with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew. And it'll add a touch of style to your travel ensemble as well. So whether you're exploring stuff near or far, take a little bit of home with you. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Outway at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know that we sent you after you check out.
0: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development
3: I just have to ask in those first three days of not being able to hold your body, were you having any thoughts about your body at that time or were you just focused on your daughter? Well, it's funny because I feel like I had more time to focus
4: on my body as opposed to, you know, holding a Mm. baby and learning to breastfeed and things like that. So I found myself, and I have pictures in my phone where. I found myself, you know, look, standing in front of the mirror, you know, in the disposable undies that they give you, and you're groggy. You're just tired from, you know, everything that went on. And I have photos of myself, look, and I'm like, I just look so sad. Instead of, you know, celebrating what happened that I just gave birth to this beautiful human, mm-hmm. I, I just found myself just looking at my body and being like is this how it's going to look like forever? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you look at that and it, and you do, you look like six months pregnant for the first like week after giving birth. And that's not something people tell you about. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where you, you go through it and you're like, no, this is normal. This is, this is what most women go through.
3: Yeah, we had um, my friend Chelsea come on to talk about her postpartum experience a few months ago too. And this, I was still pregnant at the time. So it wasn't, when you're pregnant, I don't know, when I was pregnant, I couldn't digest what other women were saying, even though they were like telling me what was gonna happen. But one of the things she said that I thought was interesting was that breastfeeding helps you lose weight. And Mm -hmm. that seems to be like the popular opinion. But she came on to say that, that hasn't been the story for her and many other women. Do you have any thoughts on that?
4: Yeah. So my sister actually was telling me about this throughout her journey. She was just like, yeah, breastfeeding, you know, it helped me lose weight, helped me get my body back. And I'm like, I'm exclusively breastfeeding. Like we are not supplementing, we're not doing anything else. And I am not losing weight for breastfeeding either. So it's like one of those things where it might work for somebody else, but it might not work for other people. And yes, you might be burning the calories, but I mean, if you're nursing, I, I don't know about you, but I'm like hungry 24 seven.
3: I was going to say it, it. I had an interesting journey where I don't I don't weigh myself because for no reason, really, I don't even know what I gained in pregnancy. I don't, I don't yeah. know any of that. But I still have like a body awareness. And I think that like initially the first few weeks, I was like, oh, my clothes are going to start to fit. And then my body kind of settled. And I think like took on a new form. I'm not talking about the weight to the point where my pants aren't buttoning and it's been three months now. And I'm not, you know, I'm very conscious about not trying to go back to any place and just take it day by day and listen to my body and use all the tools that I've had to accumulate over the last, you know, whatever years. But I think that my point is, is that I think that I was like, my body might've like originally been going back to how it was. And then it, didn't and that's okay and that doesn't change anything but to your point of the hunger i think that when it comes to what i'm actually eating and i'm a registered dietitian it's almost comical because by the time you're done nursing on demand, like you said, you're freaking exhausted. Like yes. you're lucky if you could even like figure out how to turn the microwave on to make a hot meal. Like I'm like sticking <laughs> random things from my pantry into from random things into my fridge and calling it a meal. And I have access I, and education and all of these privileged things that most people don't have. And I could only imagine somebody in a, in a far less financial comfortable situation after nursing the entire day, the best thing they can do for themselves is get, you know, Burger King or whatever. Yeah, go get a Pop-Tart or something. Yeah. (laughs) Pop-Tart, Burger, you know, whatever it is, but like something it's just I think that there's that myth of, oh, you know, just it'll be easy if you're breastfeeding and not taking into account that nothing's easy if you're breastfeeding or not breastfeeding in this stage of the journey.
4: Yeah, especially having, I mean, small children. I have one of my best friends. She was unable to breastfeed. So she's formula feeding, which, you know, it's, is okay. And a lot of people not only are hard on themselves and their bodies with, you know, what they eat and what they look like after postpartum, but breastfeeding comes into that whole journey of your body and being, you know, sad that your body can't do what other women's can do. And it's, it's hard, it's a hard journey and helping walk her through that. And then, you know, not wanting to say the wrong thing about like, Oh yeah, I'm pumping this amount for whatever. It's like, everybody is so unique and so different that it's so hard for us as women and to not compare ourselves to what, you know, say Alicia's doing on this side or Brittany doing on this side. It's just it's it's hard all the way around when it comes to motherhood.
3: You're right. Even like you said, like <laughs> oh my friend produces three ounces of milk. I'm only producing one ounce of milk. Yeah. So I don't know about for you, but I had to make a big that's uh, not a big choice. That sounds a little bit dramatic, but I had to make a choice about a month ago when I realized that Uh, my old jeans weren't fitting. And I was hesitant to buy new pants because, you know, pants can be expensive these days, $100, 200 I mean, maybe I like nice pants, but um, (laughs) I was like, you know what, let me just, I'll just continue on wearing the sweatpants until I can fit into the clothes. And every once in a while, I've left my house. Not often I work from home and I go to put on my clothes and I'm like, okay, maybe my jeans fit now. And I pull them on And they're tight before they even make it like halfway up my leg, which is an interesting experience for me. And it made it very frustrating to get dressed. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go buy myself some pants that fit me now. And I did. I bought two pants, two pairs of jeans that I really like that fit me now. And maybe I'll buy, maybe this is my new size and I'll continue to buy more. But have you had to make any choices like that? Or or what is your approach to getting dressed in the morning?
4: Yeah. So, you know, the first few weeks after giving birth, you're living in whatever's clean, pretty much, <laughs> you know, t- nursing and doing all that th- that stuff. But as you as you go, and you try to get back to feeling like a human, especially for me coming back to work, I love getting, you know, putting makeup on having my hair done, because I, I always say look good, feel good, play good. So if I'm if mm. I feel good, and I look good, I'm gonna have a good day. And so coming back to work, I was just like, I don't want to just wear sweatpants or, you know, leggings is fine. You can dress those up, but trying to fit into my old jeans was so difficult. Like they would barely come up my thighs. Like you said, kind of the same thing. And I'm just like, okay, I can either wallow in this. Or like you said, I can dress to fit my new body. And I think that's so important to wear numbers on a tag these days, I mean, you could wear a 10 in one size and a 14 in the other and they're the exact same size. So it's not really looking at the size difference. But yeah, going shopping and finding clothes that fit my new body was so important. And I will say that it it, it took me a little while it took me you know, going into stores and being like, Okay, I don't want to try stuff on or I would put something on and just cry in a dressing room, because I'm looking in this mirror. And I'm like, this is not who I am used to. And you're really not only learning to love a new human that you just gave birth to, but you're learning to love your your new self, because you really are a new person after you give birth. And it's not an easy journey. I won't sit here and say that, yeah, it's been a breeze. It's, you know, lots of tears, lots of laying in my husband's lap crying and, and, and trying to figure out what it looks like, but getting clothes that fit your new body is so important because instead of squeezing yourself into other things, you're, you're putting on things that make you feel good, that make you, you know, that look good on your new body. And it's hard. It's a difficult journey. But I'm with you on that where I had to go out and I had to spend some money on some new clothes because the other ones just weren't part of my life anymore.
3: Another another thing we have to pay for in motherhood on top of right. the swaddles and the bottles and the mamaroo and the this and the that, you know, just yep. the millions of dollars that a, a woman has to really, do, especially if you're going back to work. And I think that whether you're corporate or even, you know, radio, obviously you're just, you're looking nice just for you here, but you don't want to wear the same pair of pants every single day to work. Or maybe you do, but to you, you specifically don't, you like being playful and expressive with your clothes and having that as an inhibitor on top of all the other things that we have to worry about. It's like, we just got to get clothes that fit us now. But I think you brought up a, a really like illustrative point about the dressing room. For me, that was a really triggering place growing up. Every time I went to a dressing room, the harsh lighting, I saw, different angles of my body that always made me feel bad to the point where I just stopped using dressing rooms for all these years I would just buy clothes and then return or online shop so for anybody who listening who might feel really triggered postpartum or not um, you might want to consider the online shopping route to make it a more comfortable experience for you and I will also mention like Brooks, like you said, so smartly, that size variation is not an indicator of your true size. You might want to get the 28, 29, 30 jeans, 30, 31, 32, whatever, you know, it is because of that fluctuation, because it can obviously be a, a difficult situation.
0: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. But it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And I might even suggest this just came to me if you're in a dressing room or even ordering at home, starting with the, bit, the higher number first and working yeah. your way back rather than feeling like, okay, I want to start with this size because I want to fit into that to learn it doesn't fit to then try another and then this doesn't fit and then kind of feel like like there's something wrong with you when there's, when there's not. Uh, you also said something really interesting that I'm curious about. It sounds like you and your, your husband have like a really loving relationship. You said you cried on his lap about, your body. How has it been to voice those feelings to a partner who can't get it and also knew a body of yours before?
4: It's been hard. It's one of those journeys where you feel like you're going through it alone because like you said, uh, a husband can never quite understand the changes your body's gone through. And, you know, I would, you know, venture to say like, we see ourselves, you know, undressed more than uh, a, a spouse would, you know, getting in the shower and looking at yourself and, and feeling like, especially for anybody who's had a C-section, they call it the shelf, like where your scar is and then your skin kind of like hangs over it. So it's not fully flat anymore. And seeing that and just the the way that it looks and the way that it feels, especially like if you put on leggings, like, you know, I'm used to wearing like leggings and a crop top. And now I feel like I can't because I have this like, quote unquote, shelf where it's just like a little like bump. Um, and I'm very self conscious of it. So not being able to sort of dress the way that I used to. And then, you know, seeing myself in the mirror, it's just a different experience than it used to be as well. It's kind of one of those experiences, though, where you realize that it it doesn't matter. It What matters is the human that you brought to the world. And my husband being such a encouraging guy to where he tells me every single day, you're beautiful. I love you the way you are the way you were before, I love you more now than I did then, you know, and being able to be open with a partner about how you're feeling is important. Because if you bottle it up, like any other thing in your life, you bottle it up, it just wells and wells and wells until you hit your breaking point. And then whether you have a panic attack, or whether you are just having a crying fit, or you send yourself kind of into a spiral, it's like, you have to let those emotions out, whether you're talking to, you know, your spouse, or if you're single, and you're going through something, and you have to talk to a therapist or a really good friend, getting it out and talking about it and being communicative about how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. That way, you can really talk through it as opposed to just be like, this is how I'm feeling. And this is why it is. And that's that, you know, it's like, you really have to have those conversations where you're like, it's okay that your body looks different. It's okay that, you know, you don't look the same way you did before. And really just learning to love your new body is a journey that I feel like I'll probably go through for the next, who knows how much time, but being communicative with my partner about it, it's, it's really important for him and I to have those conversations because you know, he's my other half, like he's, he's who I, you know, he's who's with me every day. And he's so encouraging and loving through it. And he's like, listen, your feelings are valid. And I understand to the extent that I can understand Um, what you're going through, but just know that, you know, you're beautiful. And I don't, you know, I don't think you're ugly because of what you think you're ugly for. And yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's definitely a journey. It's, it's weird to talk to him about things like that, because I am, I've always been that confident person who loves herself and loves her body. And to kind of feel like I'm being knocked down a few pegs to just look at life a little bit differently. It's, it's been a journey, but I think it's definitely been a really humbling one too.
3: I liked how you said knock down a few pegs, like you're still you just because you're going through a change in your relationship. Relationship to your body and your body image doesn't mean that you're still not the confident you. You can kind of be both of those things. And for anybody who's listening that might feel like their partner doesn't get it, I would also ask you to maybe ask yourself, have you communicated the way that it sounds like Brooke is communicating? Because I know sometimes when I feel ugly or unattractive and maybe I'm, you know, not loving how things are going in my body, I might think to myself, he won't understand. And then I won't tell him. And then I'm not getting that reinforcement that I might need. That's not to say that that should be your only form of reinforcement, because I am a strong believer that when we become reliant on our partner's validation, we then seek it out. And when it's not there, we draw conclusions that aren't necessarily true, if that makes sense. So true kind of a separate conversation, but just wanted to mention that, um, you can share with your partner what you're going through so that they can maybe voice what they're thinking. Cause your partner may be holding back their thoughts about how beautiful or how much they love you more now, because that door to be more intimate emotionally might not have been cracked open because you're holding back. And maybe that's me, you know, saying to me, like I'm, I'm keeping it all closed in. I don't know about you. and, And maybe I'm not sure if you're comfortable talking about this, but exclusively nursing or pumping or breastfeeding you know something we're both we're both doing is a lot of like nipple pulling and (laughs) seeing your boobs do things they've never done before and for me like i'd say the hardest part not body image wise but relationship wise is like these boobs are no longer the boobs they used to be and like i oftentimes don't want someone else to touch them in the yeah. same way that they might be used to be touching them.
4: Yeah, no, I actually had this conversation with some of my girlfriends the other day of how I'm ready for my boobs to be my husband's again, if that makes <laughs> sense, you know? And it's like, it's hard because sometimes, like you said, um, we are constantly being touched. Yeah. You know, multiple times throughout the day, somebody else is touching our body. And, you know, I have noticed within the last five months that like, at the end of the day, you know, when my husband gets home from work, and you know, he's feeling some type of way, I'm like, I just don't want to be touched right now. I've been Mm -hmm. touched all day. But also that feeling of where it's like, things that we used to do, I'm like, you can't do that, because this is your kids right now. Like, this is weird. You know what I mean? And it's like having that issue of like, your body image of like, you're not able to do things that you're used to be able to do lots of information coming out right now but it's 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 so it's so true because you know you're used to feeling some type of way when you know certain things happen and now you're like I don't know if I like that anymore like I don't know how I feel about that but yeah it's it's difficult and then like you said I mean my chest size grew like three cup sizes, huge, like big and just heavy. My back hurts all the time. Like it's wild having to, like you said, even spend more money on new bras and Mm. new nursing tank tops and things like that. And it's just, yeah, the, the, the chest nipple pulling situation at all times is definitely one of those things where you're like, what are they going to look like once this is all done? Mm, You know, like, are they going to (laughs) be this way? Are they going to be that way?
3: I know. You're so right. And and I am. Um, my boobs didn't come in until after pregnancy. I don't know if you had that same experience. Yeah, same. Like I had no I was still flat up until 10 months pregnant. It's actually a 10 month thing. And then as soon as she came out the next few weeks, they came in and I actually have fake boobs from when I was 18. And I'm yeah. still seeing the shape. I'm like illustrating it for Brooke over our Zoom right now. Yeah. But they're, <laughs> they're becoming more cone like and the nipples now come out. And I just I never saw my body do this before like i look you look in the mirror almost immediately after giving birth if you're nursing or or breastfeeding and I don't know, for you, like, we're the same age. I'm 33, too. But yeah. I felt like I felt like a kid before this. And then I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, no, you're not a kid anymore. Like, that's a mama's body. That's a woman's body. There's no going back. Yeah. No, I agreed because I remember before I gave birth, well, I guess before I was
4: pregnant, I had very perky boobs. I didn't like to wear bras, like, things like that. Like, that's how my body was. And now it's like, if I take my bra off, you probably have seen, like, those illustrations online, like, and stuff where it's like after birth your like boobs just like come down to your belly button they literally are like they like point down, now. down. like you have cone nipples and you're like what is this and that's another thing that you have to deal with is like I can't not wear a bra now or else they're flying all kinds of separate ways so it's definitely another body image situation where you're like this is different you literally have a grown woman's
3: body now you are you're a mom <laughs> Um, Well, I just love the way you've really approached taking control over snapback culture and your life. And it sounds like you approach every day of your life from a really grounded place. sounds like your relationship is a nice piece of security from you, but on your own, it just sounds like you provide a lot of security for yourself and you're such a a grounding voice. So we're going to put your Instagram handle below so everyone can check you out. And what radio station are you on for those who are in the area that you can listen to you?
4: Yeah. In Nashville, I'm on the big 98. So 97.9, the big 98 from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday.
3: So cool. And then we're going to put your Instagram, which is what again, just so everyone can hear it at Brook Radio at brook radio okay great we'll put that in the show notes thank you for sharing your journey with us i know we went to some intimate places but i guess i was eager to just talk to somebody who's (laughs) kind of in the thick of it with me and say some of those feelings that feel really shameful when they're stuck inside of you but once they're out of you and you're like okay we're all going through this lets you know that we can all get through it together like you said the hard stuff for us can be an inspiration for somebody else 100%. 100%. And yeah, for those listening,
4: if you're going through this, or you're about to go through it, just know you are not alone in this. There are so many people on social media that you can turn to that are going through the same stuff. And building that community is important to surround yourself with uh, to know that you're not
3: alone. Thank you so much, Brooke. You're welcome. It was great to meet you.
5: There's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell, to saving $0.10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, platinum status is earned with 12 fill over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com status.